You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. Um, well, good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Nikia, and I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm a food addict, and I hope you guys can hear me okay. Um, I have some pictures, but I think I'm going to ask if we can save those to the end, um, and, and I'll ask for that at that time. Um, I do hope everybody's doing well this morning. I am grateful to have the opportunity to do service and to be asked to be here. Um, certainly, I've not been here before. I'm in Seattle, um, but grateful to be able to be of service and to do service this morning and to share my hope, strength, and experience. Um, so I'm from Seattle, and um, I grew up here. And um, I, um, you know, I grew up um, with my mom, and I was the oldest girl, the oldest girl and oldest uh, child in the home. And one of the things I think about often, I don't remember a lot of my childhood, but I, what I do remember is that I didn't grow up having the opportunity to talk about my feelings. Um, I never was asked about how I felt about anything. Um, and so a lot of my feelings were um, um, were turned inward and I wasn't able to really express myself. I didn't really, really know how to do that. I don't think I really learned how to do that until I was an adult. Um, and there was also some different things going on too as a young person that made things uh, pretty insecure for me, um, like um, you know, alcoholism and different substance abuse matters. Um, so I never knew kind of what to expect. And I was always walking on eggshells. And I used to also sleep with my shoes on, you know, and I perhaps did that because, you know, maybe I was needed to, didn't know if I was going to need to go or to need to move very quickly. Um, but, um, but I was a skinny kid, though. I, I wasn't overweight. I was a skinny kid. And, um, you know, growing up, you know, I think when I hit puberty, you know, that's when my body began to change um, and also begin to gain weight to it around that time. Um, and I also got my first job at an early age, like around 14 years old, as a freshman, I think in high school or going to start my sophomore year. And I was a waitress. I worked at a retirement home um, and certainly didn't know that I was a food addict then, but um, it's not a good place for a food addict to work around food. I had um, um, access to food and would have meals there. And then of course, too, I was getting a paycheck. And so I was able to, you know, also have money to spend on whatever I wanted as well. And uh, during this time, you know, I was in high school, like I mentioned, and um, when I was in school, we used to be weighed by the nurse's office. And um, I remember from one summer to the next school year, I gained a significant amount of weight. We were weighed by the nurse's office and I'd gained like 50 pounds or something. And I remember laughing, um, not because I thought it was funny, but I was embarrassed that I'd gained a significant amount of weight. And um, all through high school, I wasn't active. I was like, I'm going to play a sport this year. Uh, that never that never happened. I also wanted to be part of the cool kids, part of the popular kids. And that never happened either. Probably a good thing. Um, and um, by the time I was a senior in high school, um, I think I'd gained a significant amount of weight. And also around that time, too, I was thinking about 
how can I busy myself during lunch uh, so that I can not eat? And I tried to do something and tried to have like meal replacement or something, but it didn't really work. Well, it didn't work. And, um, but I would say by the time I graduated from high school, I was close to 200 pounds or over that. Um, and um, I graduated from high school and then, um, you know, I turned 18 that summer and then I moved out of my home and um, I, I um, was, had a major life change. It was very positive and it was around a new community of people. And it was at that time that I realized that something was problematic about my weight, um, that, that I needed really to do something about it. And that um, began the onslaught of, you know, weigh and pay programs, self-help books, like you name it, I probably tried it. Um, a whole, you know, um, and I also thought that it was a moral issue and that I just lacked self-control. You know, my highest known weight was 256 pounds. Um, and, um, and um, but I spent many years trying to figure this thing out. And, you know, from having embarrassing moments um, in the doctor's office as a result of what I had done to my body, um, embarrassing moments with roommates um, taking food that didn't belong to me, um, just demoralizing experiences and um, this kind of ongoing cycle of, um, you know, doing what I said I wouldn't do, you know, and, and just feeling awful about myself because I couldn't get this together. Um, and many, many years, you know, I spent in this cycle, a downward spiral cycle of just, um, you know, self-harm and self-hatred and demoralization and um, just discouragement. At one point I was depressed and as a result of my weight and I was taking antidepressants. Um, so, you know, um, really a, a big, a, a sense of hopelessness, um, you know, but uh, what happened for me was actually I, in 2004, after I graduated from um, undergrad and my summer between graduate school, I had found, I went to um, an OA meeting here locally. Um, I had never heard of OA before because of, um, well, I just had never heard of OA before, but I had heard of Al-Anon and AA and things like that because of my lived life experiences. Um, and, but I went to that meeting and I was really blown away because I really, that is where I learned that, that this wasn't a moral issue, that it wasn't that I lacked self-control, but that I, I had a disease and it was freeing to be able to see that there were other people like me um, and that I wasn't alone, you know, and that began uh, my journey towards recovery and uh, my journey towards self-love. Um, you know, I, I um, love quotes and things and I have one for myself that's, you know, my name is Nikia and I'm worthy of all the beauty and love that recovery holds. You know, for a long time, I didn't think I was worthy because even when I initially found my way in the rooms of OA, I was chronically relapsing. You know, I had experiences in traditional OA and then um, also how, but, and, um, you know, the, during that time for me, you know, my experience was that I was eating things that was creating the phenomenon of craving still. Um, and so I needed to work a little bit more of a structured program. And so that's what really has uh, really catapulted my recovery. Um, and um, I've been able to surrender and let go of uh, 116 pounds. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, I've really learned things like um, don't eat no matter what, no matter what, don't eat. Um, I've learned things like, you know, nothing tastes as good as absence feels. I'm so grateful for the spiritual program that OA is, um, because while I was a person who believed in the higher power whom I choose to call God, you know, I was not as closely connected to God as I could have been because food was a barrier. 
food prevented me from being as closely connected to my higher power, to God, and in relationship, um, because I was in a relationship with food. And so certainly having the opportunity to experience recovery um, has given me a new lease on life, um, a new sense of freedom, and uh, a sense of being able to really love myself and to really acknowledge that I am worthy. Um, because before I could walk down, walk by a mirror and have such disdain and tear up my face uh, at the reflection that I see or saw. And these days, you know, I can walk by the mirror and smile and, and be grateful. Um, and I have a lot to be grateful for. Um, you know, certainly my life hasn't been perfect. Um, there's been lots of ups and downs. But what I've learned is that no matter what, no matter what I don't eat, no matter what. Um, and um, I've had some challenges. I look forward to sharing the pictures. I'm going to still wait to do that towards the end. But, you know, I've had some challenges. I've had some major losses, but I've not eaten over any of those things. Um, I think a significant um, loss that I've had was my dad passed away almost eight years ago. Uh, he had a massive stroke. Um, the beautiful thing, though, was he was in recovery himself. And so the relationship that we had um, at his um, passing was a beautiful one. I do think of this program, the program as a program of restoration and transformation and humility, um, because that's what this program has afforded me and relationships in my life and in my life period. Um, you know, but the fact that I can be able to be by my dad's side um, and be present for that, he had a massive stroke, wasn't able to recover. And um, I was there when he passed away. And while that was very painful, I was grateful to be able to be present for that um, grief then, and I continue to be present for that grief now. Um, and and um, and I'm grateful for that. You know, I also lost my sister. Um, I mentioned that I, um, well, I'm the oldest girl. I there's three girls and three boys, but my baby sister, who was just 37 at the time of her uh, her death, um, and it was sudden. Um, three years ago, she passed away. Um, and, but I got through that. I didn't eat over that. Um, and it's just to say a show that, you know, um, that we can go through life's challenges in different circumstances, but we don't have to eat over it. And I've learned for sure that no matter what I'm going through, that food is not going to fix it. You know, if I were to choose to eat, then I would have more of a problem. You know, even this past week, I had a challenging situation, but I didn't eat over it because again, I would have two problems and food is not going to fix it. Food is not the answer. You know, there's a lot of hope, you know, I'm just so grateful for the hope too that this program offers. And sometimes I feel like I have so much gratitude that I really can't even convey it in words. You know, um, I think while I was active in this disease, um, I was stunted in so many different ways. Um, and one of the things I think about now is how love has the opportunity to grow here now. Love grows here, um, peace grows here, freedom grows here. Um, um, I'm able to live a life beyond my wildest dreams as a result of having the food down and having uh, the food be black and white is very clear. So therefore then my life can be lived in color. You know, I um, when I talk about program being a program of transformation too um, and restoration, I think about relationships like my dad and in particular with my mom, um, you know, um, Growing up, you know, there was a lot of um, hard feelings. And for many years, actually, I had to distance myself from her. It wasn't, it was only in program and recovery that I was able to restore that relationship by doing personal work and step work. 
Um, so, so grateful for that. Um, and, you know, so today, you know, I, you know, I use the tools, of course, which are very, which are vital. You know, I have a plan of eating and I have three meals a day. I don't do sugar, flour, artificial sweeteners um, or caffeine. You know, I have um, a sponsor and I also sponsor at least three individuals. I go to meetings, at least three meetings a week. I um, do the tel use the telephone and telephone is equally important, of course, now, especially using the telephone to make my outreach calls and to be available for outreach calls and also to attend meetings as well. I utilize the tool, the, the tool of writing, writing down my food daily and also doing inventories and doing step work as well. I utilize literature and I love um, OA literature in particular, like for today, Voices of Recovery and how it has those indexes in the back so that if I want to read about hope or um, peace or things like that, that I can just look that up in the index and read all those different readings um, accordingly. It's also very encouraging to me. It supports my program. I have an action plan too that supports me in my program, sometimes um, usually related to program-related items that I need to do to support my program and my well-being. I practice anonymity, which is not only a tool, but it's also a tradition of this program. It helps me feel safe to even come here today to share and to know that what I stay here will stay here. And I also practice service and um, not only in the rooms of OA, but outside of OA. Um, I'm a virtual intergroup chair and, you know, I when I'm asked to do service and qualifying meetings, I do so. Um, I've, I've heard and I would say that I would agree that the biggest service is the service of being abstinent, you know, and all the hats that I wear, you know, I get to be a better person as a result of that. You know, often I pray this prayer that I be the woman that God intended for me to be. And I believe that I'm able to be that woman more so um, abstinent. Um, and, um, and it's really just beyond, it's beyond, you know, anything that I could really imagine. I really feel like the physical recovery is a fringe benefit um, to the recovery that I've been able to experience emotionally and spiritually. Um, you know, um, you know, I, I, it's just a really amazing to me. Um, I'm able to do things physically that I never thought were possible. Um, you know, I, um, you know, I, I've done a number of half marathons and I'm currently training for a full marathon right now. Um, again, this is beyond my wildest dreams that I ever thought could be possible. And, you know, also not only do I do the tools and I work my program, but I also work the steps too in a way that really works for me as well. I really think that I can never say that I have arrived, um, that, um, that, uh, it's really ongoing because more and more is revealed. And so I work the steps in a meaningful way and the tools are really the handrails to this program. And so I need to hold on tightly to the tools as I, um, you know, as I, as I work the steps, as I climb the steps as well. So they really work in tandem, uh, go in tandem. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to not get caught up in fear today, fear, doubt, or insecurity. You know, some of those, um, some of those um, fear acronyms I'm sure many of us have heard about, about false evidence appearing real. So if I don't give in to false evidence appearing real, um, I can face everything and recover. And ultimately, I can face everything and rise. Um, another one that I recently thought of, too, about, fate, about fear is um, uh, faithful, what was it? Faithful endurance, um, aspiration, and um, I forget, I'm drawing a blank on the R's, but I think it was like relentless, 
Um, well, I have to go back to that. I haven't written Five down minutes. somewhere. Thank you so much. I haven't written down somewhere. But um, so just so grateful. Maybe we can go in and share the pictures and then I can um, talk about those a little bit in my share and then uh, find my other thing. So this is a picture of me, my highest known weight. Um, my highest known weight, I think I was 256 pounds. I could have weighed more than that. But that was that picture. And you can go on to the next one. And I think, I don't know if that was, okay. And that's just a recent medal and uh, from a, a half marathon that I did a few weeks ago. And then I think the last picture is just a rainbow. And, um, and um, what I would just say about that is just that rainbows just remind me of promises. And I think, you know, we know about the promises that are offered here uh, in program. And I'm just so grateful for the promises that continue to come to fruition um, in my life. And just so grateful for the opportunity to, um, to, um, to be free from the bondage of this disease. And so thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to do service. Oh, one last thing. I just want to go back to my other FEAR acronym, which is Faithful Endurance Aspiring Restoration is one R, rejuvenation and, and, rad and radicalness. Um, so those were, that was my other acronym for FEAR. Thank you so much for letting me do service today.